Hello and welcome to Quest Me, the Star Wars podcast that takes you on a quest through legends and new canon. My name is Josh, and I am your forever host and slug-tossing creepy uncle. Joining me tonight is my lovely co-host and real-life hero. His name is Justin. <laughs> How you doing this week? Uh, first off, those were not slugs. Those looked like roly-polies from space. <laughs> Whatever, dude. <laughs> Come on, those, were, those, those things were awesome. But I'm well, yeah, I'm well. How, like, everything's good. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for asking. Always. Uh, yeah, you know. Just hanging out, ready to talk more Star Wars. Hey, Jake, how's it going, my dude? Thanks for coming in today. You ready to geek um, out? I am. I am. There's. Yeah, I'm ready to geek out about certain things, but oh, that things tone that I'm of ready voice. to. The tone. Man, we'll get there. We'll get there. But before, of course, we have to introduce our other new permanent co-host. His name, of course, is Phil. How are you doing, dude? Doing, doing well. Had to double you check. Were, Make sure I was You were unmuted. <laughs> <laughs> Had to double check. No, you're, Good you're... evening, everybody. Boo, uh, boo, boo. Uh, it's been a good week. How y'all doing? I think I just thought of a new song for you. <laughs> oh! We gotta do the Bill Nye thing? But yes. Bill? All right. <laughs> Bill Nye, right, the all right. uh, no, no. bartending guy? I don't um uh, be like, be like Phil K, the librarian tender, or something. I don't know. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta find a way that the the pronunciation works. You know, it'll it'll work. We'll figure it out next week. I'll have some. I, I wish you good luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, don't challenge me, Phil. <laughs> uh, but it's great to have you guys here as always. Um, good to see Justin's not at work. Good to see his wonderful background of. Darth Vader helmets and Star Wars toys, and of course Phil's awesome Zelda background. I love that. I should probably do something with my background, I guess. Use the green a... screen. It is green. Well, I can't because then it he's... cuts my my stream gets all he's messed up. He's got to upgrade so. his bandwidth or his RAM. One of the two. Uh, RAM for sure. Probably both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, sooner or later, maybe I'll have some shelves behind me with some toys. But uh, speaking of dry backgrounds, our next guest is the king of dry backgrounds and i am extremely excited to have him back here uh we actually just did a podcast last night our annual freaks and geeks sudden but inevitable rewatch um of course i'm talking about the other half of sudden but inevitable his name is ricky d also from best flicks with ricky d hey everybody i'm doing pretty good i'm excited to talk some star wars i Feel like I might have gotten shafted on an ep on which episode I got, but <laughs> I uh, I still think we can make some fun out of this. And for the record, I'm pretty sure I recorded a theme song for Phil, all of uh, Phil the librarian guy, like uh, Phil Nye the science guy. So yes. we can either look that up or maybe I can re-record it. But I oh, I have done that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Good to know. <laughs> But uh, thank you for uh, joining us tonight, Ricky D with Best Flicks with Ricky D. Uh, we're really excited to have you on our little show, which, by the way, is live on Sundays, 8.30 Mountain Standard. You can see it at youtube.com slash at QuestMe. Make sure to like, subscribe, or ring the bell to be notified every time we're live. And we are also on 
pretty much every major social media platform, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. You can just search for QuestMe. Don't look for us on LinkedIn. We're not there. <laughs> nope. But you can find links <laughs> in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of LinkedIn, maybe I should make a link tree because I feel like that would be beneficial to it what we would, do. Uh, it would not hurt just to uh, break yes. down all those uh, various uh, socials. Ah, hello, sir. The FSF pod podcast. Check these guys out for sure. Uh, oh. I'm pretty sure I have a. I think they sent me a uh, ad. I just remembered last week that I have ads from people, and if you guys, the co-hosts, actually go back and listen to the episodes, you would realize that I've put some ads in some of those episodes <laughs> for other podcasts. Um, but hey, I think uh, the podcast. You, you want to has... make me go through this twice? <laughs> I never listen to the finished product. <laughs> I don't. It's not as raw. Don't bring up going through this twice because I do the edits. My <laughs> Touche, sir. Touche. <laughs> yeah, but uh, before we get into Phil's segment, normally we go straight into Phil's bar far away. Um, before we do that, though, we had a really huge weekend as Star Wars fans this last weekend. Um, it was Star Wars Celebration in London. London? Europe? Was it London? I can't remember. London. London. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... Um, lots of cool things coming out, and I was thinking about doing like a special this week, but I just don't have the time, and I know you guys are busy, so I think instead of doing a celebration special, we're just going to give our favorite announcement of the weekend. Um, I don't know if Ricky cares too much about Star Wars Celebration or paid attention at all. Have um, they canceled any of the Star Wars spinoffs? Because that would probably be my favorite announcement. <laughs> They have canceled the three movies. All right. By Ryan Johnson. Very exciting. <laughs> uh, they have also, however, given uh, stuff to several other different directors, including James Mangold. X-Men. Uh, for those of you from. who are Logan fans out there. Yeah. Um, so let's go uh, around the room and talk about our favorite announcements um i don't know if that was yours phil but <laughs> uh, no oh. actually I, okay. I got a better one i got a better one okay cool well let's start with you then what, what was your favorite announcement of celebration this weekend uh the confirmation that uh mary elizabeth winstead will actually be returning as hera uh showing up in ahsoka i am stoked to see her back in star wars stuff did was she the voice yeah wow ashley exting really got the shit end of the deal yeah, here, didn't she? No, she she really did. It's like I, <laughs> I love I love the performance we've gotten out of Rosario Dawson, but I would love for us to get some flashbacks to younger Ahsoka so that uh, Ashley Eckstein could get to reprise the role in live. Yeah, action. and and maybe that's one way that they'll do it. But I mean, you know, we had the Thrawn announcement too of Lars Mikkelsen. Yeah, and, that was mine. Actually, sorry, I I do apologize. Oh. Uh, quick correction. No, uh, she was actually Hera was voiced by Vanessa Marshall. Uh, oh, okay. So my apologies. Uh, to oh Vanessa man, Marshall. Good thing you uh, caught it now because no, I would call you out next week on corrections. Corrections next week. <laughs> well, man, I'm, uh, I'm checking my shit. I'm checking my shit. <laughs> no, but I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead in like Scott Pilgrim and various other projects she's done. So I'm happy to see her showing up in Star Wars. Yeah, heck yeah. So Justin, yours was 
No, I, I got a comment. Like, uh, it's funny. Like, as as asking Josh earlier this week, like, hey, who are all the characters that were the voice actors who are now the screen actors? You remember yeah, that? Yeah, we I do. And we only had like not... two characters. Not as many uh, as I would like, but right, right. I feel like there was a good amount, wasn't there? I mean... Because we got Cad Bane was played mm-hmm. by the same guy. Uh, voiced, not uh, not uh, in the suit. Okay, well, I think but, that kind of yeah. counts at the same time. Um, and then you had, who else? Zeb, Zeb. was voiced by the same guy. So all the aliens. Um, Chopper. Yeah. <laughs> Chopper will be Dave Filoni. What the I fuck? I think they already... I think they already. Con- <laughs> I think they already confirmed that. But I, I gotta say, seeing Chopper show up in live action is getting oh, a treat too, man. I swear, during it, that little uh, uh, trailer clip, I heard him say, oh, no. "You know what yeah, he is he gonna does. say?" Because he's getting I, shot I at. I saw. I saw somebody <laughs> caption that bit of that shot of Chopper with uh, the uh, Woody Guthrie. Uh, this machine kills fascists. <laughs> That's so awesome! I was pretty happy about that. Yeah. So, but, uh, Justin, what was your? I was yeah, excited about the Lars Lars Mikkelsen. Like, I was. I, I love Thrawn, and like you and I were talking throughout the the celebration of who it's going to be, and sure shit, you were right from the beginning. But it's it's awesome to see him. The those high cheekbones and sunken in cheeks. He looks great for Thrawn. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Jake in the chat has a great point. Uh, yeah, Katie Sackoff as Bo-Katan. Good You're job. right. Yep, thank you. Yes. I I knew there was a few, I, but yeah. So Thrawn is definitely one of my favorite announcements as well. Um, it's, it's huge for me as a just a Thrawn fan. Um, that was, you know, the first sequel I got. I read that before the prequels came out. I read that. You know, after I finished the original trilogy, which, you know, I was young and the first movie I went and saw was Return of the Jedi. So my favorite announcement is the fact that Jedi is going to be released again in the theaters for the 40 year anniversary because I am going to go see it at least twice again. Um, Oh, yes. It's it's something that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, It's the first movie I ever watched. Um, it's the first one I ever saw in theaters when they re-released it for the special editions. Um, and it's definitely my favorite Star Wars movie of all time. Um, so that was huge for me. Uh, Clearly, I mean, the Ahsoka trailer was great, but as Justin said, um, I was right a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And so... This, uh, uh, yeah, for, the, uh, for some clarification on that, you should uh, check out our episodes that we did so far recapping Timothy Zahn's Heir to the yes. Empire book. Oh, yes. Uh, Such okay. a great series. Holy not, shit, you guys. Not only so do we have fun. some really good predictions on there, but um, we do a deep dive on those old books. Uh, we still have The Last Command to do, which we're going to do after this season of Mandalorian. So um, that's going to be really not fun. read it. That's the exciting but, part. But I, I definitely encourage anyone listening to go check out those old um, Thrawn books. That link has been in our show notes every episode this year, this season. So um, it'll definitely be in these show notes. So go go take a look at that. Take a listen because we do a 
very deep dive in those books and what could possibly be happening um, in the Mando verse. So, I mean, Hashtag there were so many. Thrawn is coming. Yeah, and there were so many announcements. We could go on for days. Filoni is directing the movie to finish up the Mandoverse. Mangold is doing the movie that's way in the past, the 25,000 years before uh, the New Republic. And then, you know, the the Daisy, the Ray is back for her new Jedi Order movie, which to me raises a lot of questions about more Legends canon and if that's going to come into play. Um, Jake... In the chat says, my favorite part of Celebration was the new canon timeline, and the Ahsoka trailer was great. I'm still cautiously optimistic, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, I mean, Ahsoka dropped Heir to the Empire in the trailer. Now listen, when oh, that uh, happened, I was oh, 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 in my car. Uh, I was going to work. I was parked in the parking lot of my work at 7.20 in the morning, and I got sent that trailer, and I watched it. And anyone that was also in that parking lot would have heard me screaming in my car like a little girl um, when she says heir to the empire and just tear. It was, yes, that was amazing, but I digress. So let's go on from that. If you guys have any other moments of celebration that you loved, uh, head on over to Twitter or Facebook at quest me podcast and let us know what you thought of celebration. There is there is one other Star Wars adjacent thing. Yes. Uh, did y'all see who's playing the villain in the new Indiana Jones movie? No. Mads Mikkelsen. Yes, thank you. I was like, I know it's significant. Yeah. yeah. No, Mads Mikkelsen is showing up as uh, as our new villain in uh, Dial of Destiny. Which so. that movie actually looks really good. I don't care what anybody says. It looks like it's going to be an old school Indiana Jones movie. I don't think it will be hard to beat Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, no, which not at all. Crystal Skull brought back Marion, and that was it. pretty much the high point. <laughs> yeah, that movie is so, mo horrible. It, whatever. Uh, I like aliens, so that's anyway. fine with it. But Crystals. moving on from all of that nonsense, let's go to our new favorite segment of the week. It is a bar far away. Now, I'm just drinking beer because last week I got way too drunk on Phil's cocktails and it showed in the editing process. So, Phil, what are you drinking tonight? So, tonight, uh, this week's episode of Mandalorian gave us several options for beverages. Uh, starting with the uh, Quarren captain being poured a drink into her tank at the very beginning of the episode. Uh, so I started with something I'm calling a Quarren teeny. Uh, this, yeah, it's almost it's gone. gone. Uh, <laughs> so this is uh, this is my first real experiment with uh, molecular gastronomy techniques going into my beverages. Uh, I did a fat wash gin uh using sardine oil okay so i got a basically got a sardine infused gin vodka and dry vermouth for mar uh, martini i did skip the uh sticking around of the sardine to throw in as the garnish and just went with the uh classic vermouth soaked green olive uh, for those of you who want uh, that fishy martini experience without as the he chokes fish, on it, 
Oh, he's absolutely choking on that no. sardine. <laughs> no, I'm not choking on a sardine. <laughs> no, so I made, for the rest of you, I made a sweet version. <laughs> for uh, the rest of you little Nancys. So this, this one is vodka, a uh, local strawberry ginger gin, and sweet vermouth. So thank you, Lee Spirits. Uh, and then garnished with a couple of Swedish fish. See, that's my kind of drink, and I really thought about making that because I do have, I think, all the ingredients, all the ingredients for that one. But I just, I thought about it, and I was like, nah, I shouldn't. I really shouldn't. <laughs> and then, uh, because we've also got our uh, droid bar scene in this episode, I made a nepenthe. So this is based on the uh, cocktail oil blend that the droids drink. And it's a riff on a mind eraser. So this is layered uh, coffee liqueur. Uh, I actually made my own. Uh, instead of going out and like buying Kahlua, I have homemade coffee liqueur. <laughs> uh, vodka and vanilla liqueur topped with uh, club soda. And then this one is designed as a layered drink. So it's not shaken. It's not stirred. It's built in the glass layer by layer. And then uh, just drink it with a straw and you get the impact of all those different layers as you go. It's uh, like I said, uh, Nepenthe. We'll get to that scene, but it's based on a mind eraser. So there you go. Three, three different cocktails this week. A uh, few different new techniques for me to play with. So a lot of fun. Phil should do something crazy with his hair. And then send in an audition to Bar Rescue so he could be one of their bartender <laughs> experts. But you got to yeah. do something real crazy with your hair first. That'd be like pink and green, basically, and like mohawk. <laughs> Ricky, I like your I like your thought process. Um, nah, it's it's just a hobby that's gotten out of hand. That's all. <laughs> that's gone. Well, I appreciate it, and I love all the drinks that you make. Um, Recipes are in the show notes for anybody who wants. Yeah. To. Yeah, all of them recipes going back to when we started this segment, which I believe was episode two. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh, episode two. Um, I don't want to talk about that quite yet. I'm going to start off by giving a synopsis for the episode, of course. This week was a different ep- a, a different episode. Um, chapter 22, Guns for Hire. On this week's episode of Logan's, uh, I mean, The Mandalorian... We find ourselves on a new planet meeting new characters and going full-on lethal weapon. Before meeting with Axe Woves and old crew, Mel Gibson DeLorean and Bo-Katani Glover find themselves solving a case of metallic proportions. That's right, the battle droids are back, and they are just as obnoxious as ever. Roger, roger. (laughs) (sighs) This episode was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Written by John Favreau, starring Pedro Pascal, Katie Sackhoff, and it guest stars Simon Cassian Cassianides as Axe Wolves. Cassianides. Cassianides. Um, and of course, there was an appearance by Mercedes Vernado, who plays Costco Reeves, and many other cameos that we're going to talk about. But before we do that, apparently, squids and fish don't belong together. Okay. Um, no. So. No, okay. No, I don't know where the thought. Mon Calamari, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Long, long time rivalry. I actually like that they're hinting at peace between the Mon Calamari and the Quarren. 
You're right. Now that I think about it, that that was a legends thing. The the corn and the mon calamari had like a huge thing. Well, and, and they had it in Clone it, Wars, it, it, in canon too. It's in, in Clone canon Wars, too. yeah, that's true. Um, which we actually got a nice nod uh, to the Clone Wars stuff with this uh, mon cal corn romance. Mm. Uh, the guy who was like heir to the throne of mon calamari <laughs> was in love with a corn. Ricky seems like he's. He's got a problem. What's no, uh, I'm, I'm actually looking for a clarification. Uh, okay. So when I think, what, from my understanding, all of the fishy, squiddy species were all Mon Calamari. Is that correct no. or incorrect? The, the ones with the big eyes. They are from the world of Mon Calamari. The, the specific <laughs> Mon Calamari species, Admiral Akbar's race. That, right. That's who yeah, I yeah. think of when I think yeah. Mon Calamari. Yes. Yeah. The Quarren, the squid-faced people are from the same planet and they've basically had a long ongoing war between them for the race war pr pretty much their entire existence yeah and we get the implicate we get the you know implication here that they're finally at peace which is really really cool um but i is the pirate a quarren the the pirate lord from the last episode gorian shard no yeah it was no. No nah, man, he's like a kelp he person. Just, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Seaweed. Yeah. Now he may also be from an aquatic planet, but he is not. Uh, huh. Okay. Yeah, not from Montana. Um, I just realized Gorian Shard is uh, very much Scooby Dooish. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What's he, under he, here, Raggy? He's like a Scooby Doo villain. <laughs> Love him. You're not wrong. Um. <laughs> Justin, were you as disappointed as I was that we only saw a little bit of the Mon Calamarians? Um, I didn't even expect them. So, I mean, just even a little uh, brief glimpse of them was pretty cool. But the, the whole so I... Shakespearean backdrop was so bad. <laughs> this episode was so <laughs> badly written. Whoever wrote this episode should have their hands beaten with hammers <laughs> <laughs> and left in a dark room to think about what they've done. Oh and maybe God. when their hands are healed, they should be allowed to write again. <laughs> Ricky Ricky was not kidding about hating on this episode. Ricky um, I am with the creative. I think it's perfect for, for him. <laughs> I'm also going to hate on this episode a little bit because it was the most non-Star Wars Star Wars like ever. thing that we've gotten and not not ever but like of live action I, I feel like i mean it was really just weird it, it wasn't the same as what we're used to that kind of like dark space western kind of thing going on you know this one See, like specifically this, for this the mandalorian yeah i think it perfectly hit those space opera notes you've got I mean, star-crossed lovers you've got okay. you know I don't want to watch a space soap soap opera. Which is why it was only a difference between space opera and soap opera. First, <laughs> uh, but I I thought actually it it felt more true to the Star Wars universe than a lot of other things that we could have seen. How do you guys? How do you feel about the Squiddy Kiss? <laughs> Man, if the I, if the people who were upset about the drag queen story hour knew that every single one of their kids were watching these messed up, freaked out aliens make out with each other, they would be redirecting their ire. 
<laughs> Thank you for that, Ricky. I agree Ricky with you D wholeheartedly. Correct. The best um, kind of correct. It was the most jarring thing. I, I think the only thing that would have uh, paid off that so that would have like that scene if we would have went to Mon Calamar. If we would have actually seen them take the prince back to his planet and seen Mon Calamar in live action, which I don't think we've seen yet. Um, I, I think that would have just paid off a little more. I get it. Like we were there to understand what the Mandalorians were doing and that they were guns for hire and that they're there to pick up a bounty and do their Mandalorian thing. But like, really? That's, <laughs> that's what we're going to pick. Um, it, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a favorite. nice, relatively low stakes, uh, kind of intro to things. And like I said, it, it was a nod to a, like, pre, um, like, uh, to a, like, Clone Wars era, um, Mon Cal, Quarren, Forbidden Romance, so. Mm, sure. It kind right. of, it spoke to me saying that the Mandalorians have this incredible power to do very, you know, big, uh, you know, big bounty jobs. But they're stuck going around picking up, you know, a guy who's not supposed to be in love with the person he's in love with. And maybe Ahsoka could get this back on track. Or well, Ahsoka's going to absolutely get this it, thing back on track. I meant to say Bo-Katan, but Ahsoka or oh. whoever. Oh, I was no. like, I was like I... Is this, are you talking about series-wise? Because yeah. the Ahsoka series is going to blow this thing out of the water. <laughs> it's, it's also a fun way of showing off the resources that they have. It's like they're in a star destroyer. Yeah. Uh yeah. which which, by the way, they've got a big old ship running on a minimal crew. Where have we seen that before? Are we talking about the Oh right. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Jeez, how did I throw <sighs> pion? Could yep. be, could be. Yep. Just yep. showcasing and just again showcasing the the Mandalorian's resources. It was like, look, and and we see it again uh, later in the series. On yeah, uh, later in the episode, we I, see I like you know, the, just the Star Destroyer sitting in the background. It's like with the entire sure. fleet around it. They they yeah. have a yeah. Bo-Katan's old fleet was was pretty banging. So um, so is it the fact that they were in Imperial cruisers and like a fleet like status or? Did they find out that they were Mandalorians and they caved in? It, to me, it felt like uh, they were just caving in based upon the the, the artillery they, that the other ship had. They were absolutely giving up because they were outclassed. The yeah. between the armor shields and uh, and weaponry on that destroyer, mm -hmm. the the little Mon Cal ship would have stood no chance. Yeah, and and he said, um, Axe said, then that. We are not Empire, we're Mandalorian, um, but we've been paid for a job, and we complete those jobs, basically. So he was like, one way or the other, we're going to do this. And I love his demeanor. Axe Woves is one of my favorites. He's, he's, he's just such a badass. He's pretty badass for just being the background guy. Yeah. Right? Uh, I, I like that we're getting to see him uh, featured a little more prominently. Yeah, there was um, a clip. A feeling... that, there was a clip at the or a quote at the end of that scene where they said, uh, "And I thought Mandalorians were a noble race or something like that." 
Uh, yeah, they said, I thought Mandalorians were honorable. And then he responded with, oh. we are. It just takes a few credits. Dang. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're right. Which, um, boom, there's our title drop for uh, <laughs> yeah, Ghost Rider. Right. Uh, I won't lie to you guys. This is my least watched episode of the entire series. I only watched this one twice, which is very strange um, for me. I usually watch these things five or six times throughout the week. So um, I will be a little hazy on some things. But um, we move on from that. It was a cool intro of bounty hunting, whatever, I guess. But we move on from that to Bo-Katan and Mandalorian flying into the planet. Ah, what planet was it? I did not catch it at all. Palazir 13 or Plazier. 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 Plazier 13. Okay, cool. Um, so we get there and the little the little jingle that they play <laughs> before they tell them they're beaming them in was Adorable. the first sign <laughs> that this episode was going to be a little wonky. Um <laughs> Then when we get to the Bubble City, which I swear to God, they just landed at the Logan's Run hub of that movie. Um, and then they get into the little Logan's Run train car and go to the Duchess and the Grand whatever he is. And we figure out that it's Lizzo and Jack Black. Um, <laughs> How shocked were you? Well, I wasn't shocked because you spoiled it before I even watched the episode. You said, I called Jack Black for my segment. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I guess I should watch the episode now. So right. I wait three was hours. expecting it already. But um, I wanted to ask Ricky, what did you think about Jack Black being in Star Wars? Uh, I'm not completely. Ag- well, OK, I'm trying to decide. <laughs> I was going to say if he didn't play such a cartoonish over-the-top character but that is kind of who he plays last time i saw him was on the weird al yankovic movie and he was you know a very similar cartoonish over-the-top character so i guess i can't blame him i i didn't like it and there's also there's this weird feeling on all the planets we meet in the mandalorian like there's this entire planet full of resources but i think there's like less than 500 people on this planet yeah, so, it seems like it. it yeah, like there's plenty of community. droids, but it I, that felt weird. And Jack Black, he, I, I guess I just don't like the way Star Wars tastes these days. <laughs> I didn't like the way Star Wars tasted this episode. <laughs> um, I still enjoy. There was a lot of things to enjoy of this episode, but did it? Uh, did it taste a little fishy? It did taste a little fishy. Oh. Um, what about like your feelings on the the, the next character? I'm sure you're going to bring up uh... on Lizzo. Part of the big three cameos, I think she was the better one of the three. Just like and I don't think she's ever acted with before. Grogu or just her appearance, just, just the way that she was, her appearance, her demeanor. Like I think she was very well suited to the uh, to the Star Wars universe. To Star Wars, yeah. Um, I. I actually really loved the pairing of her with Jack Black. Um, yeah, I mean it I, worked. I, I kind of. <laughs> she was kind I, of I like really... she was kind of a crazy over the top character too, but she was regal and she was able to kind of bring it back in. I felt like. 
Yes, yeah. she she did kind of rein in a little of the goofiness. Yeah. Uh, um, and and mm. and we get very similar nods to um, to the I would like to hold the baby from yes. season one. You know, just, I would like to see the baby. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, hey, Claire, I just I just realized you had sent in a, a comment. Good to see you here. Um, uh, yeah, I just mm. okay. I get it. The cameos, they're great. That you know, I like seeing other celebrities in Star Wars and stuff like that. But I just feel like this was not the best role for for Jack Black. Um, How he's being his normal self. He's typecasted. Just what Ricky was talking about. But he's an eccentric, high energy guy. Like his first movie was that college movie, and he's high on coke the whole time in his uh, skivvies. It's about stealing Harvard. Stealing Harvard. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. But that's his character, and then he got uh, typed into one as Star Wars. I thought it was was fitting. Well, my biggest issue is it took me out of Star Wars way too much. It took it brought me back to Earth a little too much, and kept me out of the universe. And I honestly, I think the same could be said of any big cameo, though. Mm, Not necessarily. Um, now listen, I think Jack Black would have worked if you put him in an alien costume. You put him in a costume or CGI, and you do something with him that way, and that works way better than having him just there with his ridiculous beard being Jack Black. I mean, you, you have Simon Pegg as the guy in Force Awakens. Mm, that'll be 60 portions. Like, that was a great cameo. Daniel Craig played a stormtrooper. That was a great cameo. Like you can have giant okay, celebrities those are, doing those, are those cameos things. Where you don't see the person's face. True, and that's what I'm saying. Is if you Pegg want to was do just that, a voice. Daniel yes. Craig was in the suit, but he was also functionally just a voice. But if you saw Daniel Craig's face, wouldn't it take you out of Star Wars and be like, "Oh, that's James Bond"? You make a good point. There, there are not very many cameos of celebrities and their actual faces. Like a lot of times, it's an alien, it's a droid, it's it's something like that. I mean, even Thrawn, Lars Mikkelsen, he's blue with red eyes. <laughs> like, that's that's what I'm saying. Is the Jack Black himself took me out of Star Wars a little bit, and like because I've loved Jack Black for so long, Tenacious D, School of Rock, anything that he's ever done. Like I've really enjoyed a lot of his movies. I was like, uh, but. He he reminds me of Earth, and I don't want to be reminded of Earth when I'm watching Star Wars. See, Lizzo, on the other hand, that's fine. You bring up a good point. Like if he had a, like a CGI green fluffy body and had the same voice and did everything the same, actually, yeah, that would be more Star Wars to me. You changed my mind, Josh. <laughs> you twisted my arm. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh. Call, uh, good, I love the callback. Uh, Jesse's here talking shit as he always is. Um, he says all the original cast was that level of famous, and they don't ruin the sequels. No, because they were part of Star Wars to begin with. And also, what the, those characters? They have different costumes they put on for different shows. And Jack Black, not to be insulting, he kind of wears this one costume in every thing he's in. <laughs> Yes. I, I think that's called his skin, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to get too hung up on, on those things. I everyone I everyone has valid points. Um I'm just giving my personal thing and 
It's fine. Moving on. We get uh, Lizzo and before Bando and Din or Bo can go talk to Axe Wolves because apparently they're hidden behind some sort of secret door. Um, <laughs> Lizzo and Jack Black uh, send send them on now. New quest incoming. They get sent on a new quest. Um, a side quest, if you will. And they get to go figure out what's wrong with the battle droids that they have kept around. Um, all this the entire droids. city, all, all the, the droids. droids, not all the not droids. Just yeah, that's the true. Battle droids. Okay, okay. And he refurbished. Yeah, I mean, battle droids are part of it, which is just fun. Which... Yes. Um, I I wanted to ask Phil, what did you think of the appearance of Doc Brown and battle droids? Uh, I think he went back to the future. Uh, ah, <laughs> uh... <laughs> and here's a cameo uh... that I liked. I loved Christopher Lloyd in this. Oh, he didn't take me out of Hellgate. anything, which Hell is yeah, weird man. because he played a character that made sense for him. Of course, Jack Black makes sense to play an eccentric leader, whatever, but... Mm, mm. <laughs> See, that's my issue. There's, there's too many cameos all at once. Three big yeah, it was ones. kind of like right hook, left hook, gut punch. Like You're right. All at once. It was, it was overwhelming. Phil, what did you... Were you like happy to see doc brown like was it kind of one of those oh cool or were you like oh great another cameo um i absolutely adore christopher lloyd um i've been a fan of christopher lloyd for a a very very long time yeah um, he, so we, seeing as, him as well. i mean i i love him as professor plum in clue uh i love him in pretty much everything he's done um so seeing him show up uh in the Star Wars universe uh, I think was great. Um Ricky apparently uh is Jesse thinks that he's regretting his accepting of the invitation to this show. <laughs> Ricky, why would you not want to come hang out with your college roommate and talk about Star Wars? That's man? the only thing that got it's me not here. like we it's not like we didn't do this for like 4 years. <laughs> Ricky, what about you? What did you think about Christopher Lloyd? So when I saw Christopher Lloyd, my major thoughts involving his character, or not even his character, but the actual person, Christopher Lloyd, is how expensive it must be for him to fly as as an actor. I mean, those bags under his eyes are so <laughs> big, he would absolutely have to pay to check those. Those aren't going in the overhead <laughs> bin. And then if he has any decency at all... He's going to buy out the entire row of seats because his ears are going to be like just <laughs> smacking into everybody next to him. So he's got to be paying crazy fees every time he flies. Wow. That's hilarious. Um, that's funny. I, I liked Christopher Lloyd, but I kind of a part of me kind of was like, oh, man, we don't have a lot of time left with this man. He, so. I feel like, struggled saying some of the lines in this. And it was another thing he that kind of came out of it. Like, he did. The wind would blow and he made break. He'd definitely catch yeah. air. Yeah. <laughs> he but is it, 84 years old. He is entitled yes. to be brittle. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he, it made, I mean, it made sense because he, he was like an old dog you know what i mean because he ended up being a separatist uh, at the end which holy was pretty shit cool. what a callback uh, to dooku like like he was dooku, homies with dooku to the, to <laughs> the techno dooku, union to the techno union that blew my yes. mind yes oh. i haven't heard that since clone wars man and then yeah. it made sense of all the different droids and him manipulating him 
Yep. Yeah, guess what? Guess who's going to be good at handling droids? Techno Union. Yeah. Techno Union rep. I mean, come on. You know, that, and I wonder if that's why, because, see, some of us would get excited about something like that, but Ricky, I doubt you know anything about the Techno Union. No. Uh, also, what the hell is a chain code? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So this is something that track that throws back to season one of Mandalorian. Uh, it's, it's basically... Um, your Star Wars uh, digital ID. It, it tracks who you are, where you're from, uh, and is utilized as various levels of authentication. Uh, really, we've not seen it used a lot outside of The Mandalorian so far. Andor, I believe. Yeah, that Andor was had changed. It's your passport. Yeah. It's your passport. Yeah. Urban it's, Dallas it's, passport. And if yeah. Mando kind of looked like he didn't want his to be scanned at one point, I assume that it's there's also a tracking and you know keeps you in the system kind of thing. There's a there's a whole lot of Din's whole like droid phobia going on in this episode. Um, that that again throws back to you know season one with him establishing that he does not like droids. He doesn't like working. Mm-hmm. He doesn't trust droids. Um, yeah, and they go and they have to go on this huge investigation now to figure out what's wrong with the droids. Wrong. And Din he is gets already to play detective. Yeah, and so this is a big thing that I wanted to ask Ricky because Ricky's a more sophisticated connoisseur of cinema, I would like to say. Um, and you like more drama, kind of like gangster mobster yeah. like mm-hmm. those kind of things um and this was kind of a cop drama buddy cop it, it was thing almost going a procedural on. it was almost a police procedural yeah so dun, dun. what did you think what did you think about the investigation like did it, it hold up to some of the other things it was a high point in the episode definitely uh you know from the start where we got to watch the videos of the droids malfunctioning and they're throwing trash everywhere, and the chef robot is going nuts. And it kind of had, you know, this little entry of comedy, and then uh, we're, you know, like you said, we're doing the procedural, we're doing the investigation thing, and we're going around. And it had, uh, you know, elements of intrigue. It had great moments of comedy. Din Djarin just going around kicking sentry droids in the chest. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> uh, awesome. He kept on kicking them while they're going down the line. <laughs> so I, this was a high point in the episode. I'll absolutely give it that. A lot yeah. of fun, a lot of action. You know, jumping through bar windows, that kind of thing. Excellent. Cool, because I, I agree. Uh, I, I, I will fully admit, um, I know... I know that Temin uh, does not live on Plazier 15, but legitimately, I was still hoping for a Mr. Bones cameo. Temin, is this Andor? Uh, Temin, oh, Temin Wexley, uh, Snap Wexley. Oh, oh, uh, oh so from okay. uh, Chuck Wendig's okay. Aftermath okay. Uh, trilogy. Yes. yes, Temin had a battle droid uh, that As he like basically reprogrammed. Yeah. Uh, with like various like dancer and assassin <laughs> subroutines. Yeah. So Mr. Bones is this battle droid from Chuck Wendig's Aftermath trilogy That's who right. just 
kicks ass all over the place for yeah. free he was, books. He was like the first K2SO. Yeah, no, like I, I he he was amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, but but yeah, I, no, I I love the idea of getting to see the battle droids again. Yeah, I got I got to agree with Ricky too. I think the investigation and the ending of this episode, the battle between Bo and and Axe, and that whole scene were the extreme high parts of this episode. Everything surrounding that was like it was just again it just kind of took me out, took me out of the episode. Some of the other things, so everything leading up to getting to the chain codes and all the stuff we were talking about. Um, there was a lot and I, I'm going to go through it like kind of rapid fire and Justin, I'm going to ask you a question at the end. So basically we start with talking with Ugnots, which was super cool. Then we go to the loading docks and start kicking droids around. And then we get a really cool chase scene of one of the droids that gets pissed off when Din kicks him. Um, that chase scene then leads to an address. Another thing that took me out of the episode, when have they ever said address in Star Wars? What? <laughs> Location, okay. Okay. please? Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> um, can I talk about how much I fucking loved the spark pad bit? Yes, please. It's such an old-timey detective note. It's like, oh... <sighs> We found a matchbook with a bar name on it. We're going to go follow him around. I <laughs> I missed out yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah no, the, the spark Good thing pad we got an is, address. The, the spark pad is something uh, basically newly introduced via this episode. But it's 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 a it's a fucking uh, it's a matchbook. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Thank you, Jesse, Jesse says Poe Dameron <laughs> made. Yeah. Asked, did a prank and asked for a dude's mom. Yes. And I absolutely hated that. As soon as that happened, I knew that we were in for a rough ride when it comes to Last Jedi. But I will say that my mind has changed a lot over time after Rise of Skywalker came out. And Last Jedi is slowly creeping up on on the list of better movies than other ones. Um, but I will say Poe Dameron's prank call was the worst part of that movie. <laughs> Um, and Jesse, man, a, are you just you're just here to you're just here to to pick on me tonight, aren't you? Address is a weak complaint. Um, no, yes, I, it is I a just, weak complaint. But for me, again, it's it's Star Wars. I've never heard. Are, we found it's like going off the noir side. So it, exactly. it has to find, it, it's following you, that Justin. style. Like, this, this is a classic detective noir. I mean, if they if they'd done this, imagine if they'd done this whole episode in black and white with like. Exactly. With Din doing, with Din doing voiceover. Then just maybe mm, the hard-boiled mm. detective doing the voiceover the whole time. It's like <laughs> constantly raining on Plazier Fifteen. It's just. <laughs> yeah. It, it's 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 fun. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there were some fun things. Yes, it's, and a different style for sure. Um, but after the bar scene, uh, going to the address, uh, oh, we get oh. a. We get a Resident Evil laser droid, which was pretty tight. <laughs> and then we realize that Christopher Lloyd is the villain and a separatist. Oh. So, Justin, the first thing I wanted to ask about all of that leading up was the Ugnaught scene. How cool was it to see Mando utilize his Ugnaught background skills? Oh, yeah. I loved it. He did a charisma check. He started to speak just like them. It, with the same kind of monotone but a uh, firm tone of voice and the I have spoken. That 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 all, right there was the cool part. After yeah, he's like he such, such a nice throwback to Nick Nolte in season one. Mm-hmm. Quill. 
Queen. Well, it's funny, Queen like, he Queen. did his phrase, and then he ended it with, I have spoken, and they're like, oh, yeah, okay. Let's yeah, when, when the rest of the Ugnaughts realize, oh, shit, this guy knows what he's doing. It's a great, it's a, it's a great scene. And that's kind of when you realize that they make a good team, you know, that the Bo and Mando with their skills and abilities and knowledge of the good universe cop, like they're different. They're, and yeah, exactly, but they're very different in all of their different skills. And um, Mando has a lot more of a direct approach, as in, <laughs> I have spoken, I have kicked a droid, you know, all that good Jesse, stuff. get out of here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesse says, my wife wanted those Ugnaught boots for years. That's hilarious. So yeah, we, we get a lot of cool stuff. And, you know, most of these things we're going to talk about in segments, so I feel like we can kind of blow past... Um, that whole chase scene and kind of move on to the end of this episode. Like we get, obviously we get um, the Christopher Lloyd thing, getting arrested and getting sent to um, whatever moon it is. And uh, and then we, we go on from there. But Ricky, what did you have to say? Uh, there was one thing, they were in the droid bar and there was yeah. one thing that really annoyed me. So, sorry, I just wanted to go back and hit on this before we leave. But <laughs> the droids did this really... I get, they did this really insulting thing, the storyline, where it's like, oh, the droids are afraid that humans are going to replace them, much the way <laughs> right now humans are afraid that computers are going to replace us. And I just... I, I think it's because my dad's an asshole... But when they do something that's that obvious and they're just like, ooh, the humans are going to take the droid's place, it feels insulting to me. Fair enough. Um, also, am, am, am I the only one who thought, like, oh, shit, we're going into a droid bar? Maybe, maybe this will tie back in to the first episode of the season and maybe the Ugnaughts or the droids of the bar will have parts to repair IG-11. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. That would have been a cool... I forgot about that quest. Uh, exactly. <laughs> That's think... why I wanted it to be connect reconnected. I wanted it to come back to be like, hey, by the way, you know, just Din talking to the Ugnaughts, just like, by the way, do you have this particular piece for an IG-11? It'll be, it'll be something funny. They'll get there and Axe Wolves will be like, oh, oh, I have that on the ship. <laughs> uh but but yeah i i think i don't know that was a, a weird scene the whole bar scene i did appreciate where it ended up because it ended up with them saying humans have such a short life we'd like to you know it ended on a good note but the whole yeah the humans are going to replace droids is just <laughs> oh that was painfully stupid <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, Jesse says, Ricky, this show is for kids. Don't hold it to the fire. Um, but I agree. It was a little weird. Uh, so <laughs> we can, like I said, that we actually, there's a segment. One of us has picked the bar scene. One of us has picked the laser droid. We've, like we've There's all sorts of stuff to talk about in those segments yeah, when it comes to we'll get there. those scenes. Um, and, of course, I have a huge thing in, in one of my segments to talk about, which is the very Quit end of this bragging. episode. But we're gonna we're gonna talk about the battle between uh Axe and Bo first, which was really cool. Um that whole two scene, the choreography of that leaf. was two men enter, one man leave. 
Yeah, and it was the way that they used their (laughs) (laughs) the way they used their jetpacks though, and their like their grappling hooks and stuff. Like that whole fight was so Mandalorian and so cool. So, Ricky, what what were your action sequence? Yeah, um, Ricky, what were your like? (laughs) Was it cheesy to you, or or was it a good duel? Uh, I agree, like you said earlier, this and the uh, whole chasing highlights of the episode, these were, you know, standard Mandalorian parts. All those weird parts in between were a little bit less, but this was right up there with quality Mandalorian. Uh, I just recently started watching, like, 30-second, two-minute UFC clips, (laughs) just, like, two or three days ago, (laughs) two or three days before I watched this episode. So when they started fighting, I was like, man... What if they had jetpacks and grappling hooks in the UFC? Dude. That would be unbelievable. That would, that would be all about it. Are you kidding uh, me? Yeah, no. Uh, I'm going to say the ultimate in that is definitely a misnomer because holy shit, it could be so much better. <laughs> Dang, that would be cool. Justin, if Bo lost this fight, do you think Din would have still given her the Darksaber? Well, that, that's a good question because I, I feel like Axe would have killed her and then Bo would have, or, uh, and then Din would have beheaded him. So Din would win. This is the way. I, I have spoken. <laughs> this is the way. Din still needs a new melee weapon. I completely yeah. agree. I missed the spear. He, I, I missed yeah. the spear was too. Cool. But now it's armor for Grogu. I get the whole concept of not using Beskar as a weapon, just using it as a defense. Yeah. But, like, give him a fucking Beskar shield and let him beat Captain America with it or something. I mean... I don't know. I like his vibrate, Captain vibrate blade, vi- vibrating Vibro blade, blade, whatever it is. Vibro blade. Thank you. <laughs> I really like that. I think that's a good melee weapon for him. I think that he's better with a blaster. I enjoy how he how he runs with that. He absolutely is. I you know, I still also miss his rifle from season one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. See I think he, he needs a sword. Weapons. He needs like a, no, I mean, like a katana. Hey, nah, maybe, he needs to be the maybe, gunslinger, dude. He's the gunslinger. Maybe Ezra will show up and help him build a lightsaber. Maybe get, get out of here. Maybe no, I'm just saying, man. <laughs> Hey, if his kid's going to get to build a lightsaber someday because he's a Jedi. No, dude, Grogu's going to get the Darksaber. Come on, how many oh, times do I got to tell you this? <laughs> <laughs> um, Phil, did I, I, think, I think we're about at the end before we get to segments. Uh, yeah, Christopher Lloyd, he had this huge plan to have the robots revolt and he was going to take over the planet. But then when Lizzo, like, told him it made her sad, he just apologized. Like, uh, Would what, you not also do the same thing if Lizzo told you that she was disappointed in you? Like, personally disappointed in you? But I, I mean, don't have shit. the capacity for evil where I would take over an entire planet. Ricky? Okay. I lived with you for, like, four years, dude. I absolutely disagree that you do not have that potential. (laughs) No, I just, like, he was super evil, and then he was like, oh, you're right, I'm sorry. And it was a, 
bad resolution to that. I mean, he's still going to be. It was. It was. It was very Scooby Doo. Pull the mask off. Send him to jail. If it weren't for you meddling kids, I would have gotten away. Yeah, it's that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. It, it it makes just as much resolution, you know, the resolution of this episode makes just as much sense as any other, like, literally any other Saturday morning cartoon we have ever watched in the last 35 years. <laughs> yep. Very, in very Saturday morning cartoon, for sure. <laughs> um, now, I, I it, get that <clears throat> some people might have had it, taken issue with it for being a little more on the cartoonish side, but, I mean... There was a lot of uh, a lot of people were not happy with this episode. That's for sure. Uh, um, for reasons and, stated, and I like, could say something rude. I'm not going to. And like all of this episode, not just the the stuff that we've complained about, but like every aspect of it, people have really, really dragged this thing through the mud. It's so. because they're. It's not yeah. the feel of the season one and two Mandalorian. It lost the Western vibe. It really has. Fair. Fair. It doesn't hit necessarily a lot of the same kind of space western vibes. Yeah. Um I, I think if I may, um, it's setting us up for a bigger universe. This this season in particular is setting us up for a lot uh, it's a setup like this whole season is a setup for the mando verse whatever we're gonna do with it i do think i'm convinced that i should go back and watch the rebels or clone wars or whatever the animated oh, one was yeah like rebels i'm enjoying beast. enough of the mandalorian backstory that i'm like well i i could enjoy that i think and does it have general grievous and yeah man oh excellent news clone wars clone wars hits all of those points with the introductions of um, Bo-Katan with, with all the battle droid shit with General Grievous. We got. It, I'm I'm rewatching Clone Wars right now, and I'm in the middle of season three, and I'm having an absolute blast going back through it. So yeah, and Rebels is but, my favorite Star Wars property. Like continuous. I I know property. a lot of people feel that same way, Josh. I know a lot, a lot yeah. of people um, are like, holy shit, Rebels is the best thing that Star Wars has ever done outside yep. of the original trilogy. So yeah. I would I would have to agree with that for sure. Um Phil, do you have any other last notes before the end of the of this part? <laughs> before we go to segments? God. Um I'm starting on the Nepenthe. <laughs> oh, that that was a, a little Easter egg to Homer's Odyssey. Uh, yes. Uh, thank you. Uh, Justin and I had a whole conversation about this, uh, about the origin of the word Nepenthe. It's it's a throwback to Homer's Odyssey, uh, to this drink that would make you forget. Interesting. Justin, did you have any other notes? that you wanted to talk about no not really nothing that we covered there's no cool easter eggs that we didn't discuss or anything he's no good to me dead he will not be permanently damaged Boba's Bounty is the part of the episode where we talk about our favorite new thing introduced into live action Star Wars for our guest um, we let them choose the new thing from the season you don't have to pick from the episode if you don't want to but at least give us your favorite new live action aspect from the season so that being said let's start with ricky d what is your boba's bounty for this uh i want to see more interspecies alien makeout scenes 
in the future of Star Wars. That's what I want more of. Okay. Fair. I think that would take the series <laughs> in a really good direction. Or the so franchise. Kiss. Uh, I'm not going to so, say anything about non-canon sources. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll take it. Uh, Jesse said, <laughs> watch Star Trek WTF. <laughs> yeah, that's like Star Trek started that. Come on, Ricky. That was like Kirk and Ahura, like way back in the day. Like mm. naughty. Yeah, you deserve you deserve the hate on that one. <laughs> I'll take it. Phil, what was your Boba's bounty for this week? I loved the bartender droid. Um, it, I mean the the whole droid bar sequence was absolutely phenomenal. First off, um. Lots of different different throwbacks to the rest of Star Wars in general. Lots of different droid designs that we haven't seen anywhere. But the, the droid bartender in particular was just a fun new character. He was a little bit human. Yeah. See, I, I, like, I enjoyed the aspect of him just fitting that uh, stereotypical noir. Um, hey, I got some information for you. And here's how yeah. I'm. Yeah, I'm credited. I want to see yes. you guys. So again, yeah. again, such a fucking love letter to the film noir, uh, stereotypical detective story. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, no, uh, we found a matchbook that leads us back to this bar. We go talk to the bartender. We get information. It's we go to A, I, we go I, to B. I thought it was absolutely pitch perfect. Well, it is an excellent pick. I did like that scene, um, all the different droids and stuff. It's another bar scene in Star Wars, um, but it was a different kind of bar, and that was great. Uh, Justin, let's move on to your Boba's Bounty, which is clearly not my favorite, but tell <laughs> us about why you picked this. Uh, it's Captain Bombier, Jack Black. Um, <clears throat> honestly, the, the reason why I really picked this is because I, I was watching the the first time with Audrey, my daughter, and she recognized him from uh, Junk or Jumanji. Oh, she said oh, Jumanji man. and pointed at him. So it was really cute, uh, but uh, like it's Jack Black. It's that's like how we covered it. it. <laughs> He's an eccentric uh, leader. No, that that's that's absolutely adorable. That she's just like, hey, I know that guy from X. Uh, also, one of my favorite details about Captain Bombardier is a nice little nod to a couple episodes ago. Guess what? He's wearing the same pin that Dr. Pershing that is, was. That is the only oh. thing that I liked yeah. about his character yeah. was that he's he also was... a former Imperial. Yes. Who's he's reformed also going or whatever. through that same rehab program. Yes. Uh, though he seems to be a little more earnest about it than, uh, than Kane uh, or Dr. Pershing. Well, I mean, Dr. Pershing just no. wants to do his own thing. But No, you know. I think he's just better at lying about it. Uh, I mean, dude's married to Lizzo now. I think he's pretty fucking happy doing what he's doing. Yeah, he, he doesn't yeah, have to lie. <laughs> You're not wrong. And he's like the leader of a planet. so it, He has okay, to keep his right. wife happy, yeah. so <laughs> that's why he's yeah. so forgetful and grumbling. Hey, they're, yeah. they're both musicians. They are both absolutely hugely talented musicians agreed uh i would absolutely love to see some sort of like musical collaboration come out of this from both of them (laughs) like 
like legitimately Lizzo's flute playing with Jack Black with whatever, you know, guitar or his little plastic saxophone. Yeah, the thing. electric saxophone. Great pick, Justin, even though I don't care too much for <laughs> him in this. He needed um, to be an alien. Pick. <laughs> he, I'm sure he loved being in Star Wars just as much as Lizzo did. I loved her little thing that she said on Twitter about how her dad was a huge Star Wars fan and that, you know, she cried all day when she got cast because she couldn't tell him because he was dead. And like, I just, I thought that was she really was, She cool. was so excited. Yeah. She was I, so excited to get I appreciate Star that. Wars. It was yep. super cute. Yep. So my Boba's Bounty this week was actually the game that they were playing. I thought that was a pretty fun little game. I mean, they're just throwing slugs through hoops. Doesn't and, seem very or roly polies, whatever. But no. Space cornhole. <laughs> space cornhole i mean kind of i guess that's how i see it but i loved i loved grogu's little motions how she, he helped her get her oh that little cheater the bug yeah he cheated to she get the, the the quasi bar or whatever <laughs> i love it so you know you know what it made me think of hmm is alice in wonderland yes absolutely oh it was so much the croquet match yes with the hedgehogs from Alice that. in Wonderland. That's a great, um, great like it, parallel for sure. Right? We've got a high-ranking royal playing a game using an animal for a ball. I. Yeah, it's and it was just a fun addition. Yeah. Like, although a lot of stuff took me out of this episode, that was one thing that I was like, okay, I could see this. Like, this is something that I could see being roly poly chucking. Uh, does anybody think it's weird the way Lizzo's character treated Grogu like a dog almost? Kind of like a lap dog? No? no? Not at all. No. Okay. No. I, I feel like Grogu gets babies. treated in... Yeah, Grogu, Grogu gets treated in two different ways. Like a baby or like a dog. Yeah. 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 I, as, a, as a parent, uh, uh, people who have kids treat them like a person people who don't have kids treat them like pets okay <laughs> interesting i guess i never i never am i, uh, am I wrong justin that. you are absolutely correct yeah 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 well that will do it for Bubba's bounty this week thanks guys for all your picks um those were a lot different than normal so i like that let's move on to our second segment It's the Sarlacc Killer scene. That time where we pick our favorite still shot from each episode of The Mandalorian. Let's keep that same uh, rotation going and start with Ricky. Why did you pick this for your Sarlacc Killer scene? Uh, this was, it kind of jumped in and it was very exciting and unexpected. Uh, I don't know why the droid went nuts, but it was, it was kind of the climax of all of their uh, all of their sleuthing, all of their policing, is they finally found out, okay, yes, we need to go back and talk to uh, Christopher Lloyd again. Right. Um, and by the way, I, I didn't even mention it. I'm sorry. Ricky's shot uh, is the part where the droid loses it and starts throwing the Resident Evil al er, uh, lasers everywhere. <laughs> okay, so... Things up. So this bit, 
goes back to the the Nepenthe. Um, the droid had pulled the sample of Nepenthe from the battle droid that they'd taken out. Didn't right? it go into a syringe though? It it did, but the droid pulled it into itself to analyze it. Okay. And those those nanobots oh. in the Nepenthe were still active and impacted the uh, little probe droid there too. Maybe okay. the that's why that's why it freaked out and yeah, started attacking right. them. Real quick, Roy is in here. Uh, hello, Roy. Thanks for joining us. He says this episode was the best this season so far. Not. Nah. <laughs> I Roy, think I'm, I have Roy, to disagree. I had a hell of a lot of fun with this. One. <laughs> There's two of us that, that agree. Well, maybe one of us that agrees and three of us that don't. But well, we, got, um, we got a lot of mixed feelings on this episode. There, this was a very mixed episode for a lot of things, for sure. Um, Ricky, but I, I, I love your selection. Yes. Because this sequence was so much fun. The the poor tech. Just oh, she looked fright like so scared. Oh, yeah. so, she had no so idea bad. what was going on. Yeah, that was that would have been rough for her. Um I thought she got killed immediately. I thought she got hit by the laser and like cut in half. But excellent pick, Ricky. Thank you. Um and let's move on to Phil's Sarlacc Killer scene. It comes in at the three minute and twelve second mark. Tell us about this and why you chose it. Uh, this is the Quarren captain dropping out of the water tank that she has on the bridge. I just, uh, as ship design, I absolutely adore this. It's like, okay, we are species from an aquatic world. We are going to take uh, precautions to make sure that we have everything that we need on our ships. Uh, and it was just a great little bit of detail as the water tank drops away from her and reveals just her like freestanding up from the the tank. It was it was a spectacular bit of special effect. Uh, it was just a fun uh, thematic note. And I'm absolutely here for the idea of accommodations for aquatic species in space i i think this is unnecessary see and and like no. she's selfish there's one little floating fishy tank for the captain only like hook it up for the rest of the crew no because she's got to be on the bridge more than anyone else the idea the that idea being that she can be on the bridge longer by having the water available for her where her crew can go off the bridge and have access to whatever other resources they need. The that idea sense. being here's the other thing the why it's, can... it's unnecessary. Like we see quarrens and all the time and they never hop in water, you know? But don't get me and wrong, and it's cool. It's a cool yeah. detail. No, it, it's literally just showing off the tech. It's like, hey, look what we can uh, do. Okay. Uh, it's a flex. It, it, it's a, it is absolutely a flex. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, it's it, a nice it flex, though. It is, flex. it is nice. And it is highlighting the fact that she's the captain, not just some random crew member. Could you imagine if Darth Vader did that? Like, he just uh, had a back to tank on the bridge? Have you seen literally any sequence where you see him in his little healing pod? No, I'm, yeah. I'm saying, like, if he had one on the bridge and was just chilling in a back to tank giving orders the whole time... Oh, like I think that'd be pretty fun. But while everyone can look weak, though, 
Eh, exactly, well. which is why he, you know, does Anakin... not come out of the ta- out of his little meditation little chamber. Anakin <laughs> was weak, so. But excellent pick, Phil. Thank you for that one. Um, let's move on to Justin's Sarlacc Killer Shot. Uh, I actually got two for him because um, he tried to pick another scene, and I kiboshed that. So we'll start with the first one. It kind of goes... It's it's the bar scene. Yes. Oh! So, all so right, this... we'll flip back and forth, because I took some pictures of just the scene itself. Um, I didn't want to play the video, I guess. <laughs> oh, that's fine. So we, but, the, yeah. this whole episode, we get a noir, the detective feel, and then he, they're going A to B to C, following the the clues, and they get to this bar, and then they walk in, and then shoot, all eyes on them, like which one of us doesn't belong? And to me, the scene, the scene, or the scene seemed that it was more a, a spaghetti western. Like you walk into the saloon, everyone just shuts up. Stops playing the piano and they look at you, and then it jumps <laughs> back in. <laughs> and then it jumps back into the noir detective feel. But it was just uh, it, it was a cool thing to see. It's a good mix of Thank droids you, too. Justin. Exactly the the spaghetti western, the Sergio Leone note of Whoops. just the uh, uh, spoilers, Josh. Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, but Justin, I- exactly that. The, the spaghetti western moment of the hero steps into the bar, the guy at the piano stops playing, everybody looks at the people <laughs> who just walked in. It's so perfect. And because it's droids... And there's it's so many different ones. It's such a beautiful Star Wars moment. The number of astromechs in there alone, I mean... Astromechs and protocol droids, they're all over the place. And battle droids, it's funny to see them all. Battle droids, we've got medical droids, we've got everybody. Yeah, they're everywhere. So, I'm going to mix my segments here, right? So, because my two segments for Starlight Killer Scene and One Chimer kind of correlate. So, I'm going to start by playing my One Chimer. While exploring Mandalore, I was captured and this blade was taken from me. Bo-Katan rescued me and slayed my captor. She defeated the enemy that defeated me. Um, so that's my one-chimer, and my Sarlacc killer scene is the 40-minute and 46-second mark with Bo-Katan holding the Darksaber. Now, episode two, we talked about this. Um, I brought it up, and I said, "Isn't that kind of a thing that could happen? Isn't that maybe something that could? Couldn't that like? Didn't Bo just kind of get that back?" And Phil completely shut me down. I actually have this pulled up. Uh, it's on TikTok if you want to go check it out. At <laughs> um, no, but Phil completely shut all, me down with Josh. it and basically told me that uh, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and that they have to be one in combat. Now, the I, controversy I of this... Said... Hang on, I am not done, Phil. <laughs> um, so the controversy of this is a lot of people are on your side as they think that there has to be an actual combat here with the Darksaber. But um, now we know for a fact that you don't actually have to win it in combat. You just have to Harry Potter that bitch yeah. and disarm the guy. Elder One shit. That's... 
Yes, so it's it's technically Bo Katan's now, which now I didn't just pick that because of episode two and what what went down. Um, I picked it because it's epic. Bo Katan finally gets the dark saber back. Yes, it might be a technicality, but she gets it back, and you can see it in her like the way she stands, the way she holds it, the way she grabs the dark saber. Um, just everything about that. She's exuding confidence right now in who she is and what she can do with the Mandalorian people. Um, now, I, I do want to give Phil a chance to say something, if he would like to say something about this. Um, uh, but he has disappeared from the screen, so I'm guessing... He's probably he's puking, screaming. right? He's <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably. Sardine so, Martini got to him. <laughs> <laughs> I, well maybe he's just out and wants us to move on to the next one chimer um which we're gonna go with ricky d it's no longer your fleet is it i'm now in command and grown quite fond of it i chose this one because it's what we've been building to all season maybe for multiple seasons long and there's also a kind of arrogance and self-righteousness that that character has. Did you guys axe something? Axe woes? But he he seems like the kind of person who's comfortable in his position, who maybe uh, was given the position by their parents. Or he doesn't seem like the kind of person who earned that position, and he's just kind of like, I'm in charge, bitches, so what are you going to do about it? versus I'm going to continue to drive this group in the right direction. That was my other pick for this week as well, was him basically sitting there being like, oh yeah, your fleet? I don't I don't see them looking at you. So I, I really liked his confidence that he had there as well, as of like, nah, man, we left you. I'm the leader now. Suck it, yeah. you know? <laughs> so... Excellent pick. Um, let's move on to Phil's one-chimer. Human life is so short. They don't ask that much of us. Organics created us. It's the least we can do. Lots of scenes in the bar this week. Because, again, phenomenal sequence. Like, everything from the moment they walked into the bar to that the, the whole scene. It was, it was just... It was beautiful. Uh, but, again... The bartender droid just being like, hey, I'm here to cooperate with you, uh, detective. Uh, also, what's up with Din threatening to, like, analyze Rip out his back circuits. in the lab? <laughs> like, what lab, Din? What lab? Did he say lab in this? He did. He did. He said he would, he said he would analyze shit back in the lab. I was still dwelling so much on address, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> Classic noir uh, detail, man. No, no, yeah. it was just—it was such an empty threat. It was beautiful. I loved it. Um, yeah. No, but this—the droid bartender again coming <laughs> back in and saying, "Hey, um, we want to help." Like right. the the issue that's going on here is bigger than me as an individual. Bigger than. This bar bigger than the droid population of Plazir 15 as a whole. He's out there saying, hey, um, shit's going down. Can we fix it? 
See, yeah. I, I got a more of a, a feel that he's just trying to give him accreditation to his self that, that <laughs> Din can just believe him because he wants this to happen. Well, then we That's go down fair. the rabbit hole of are That's these fair. droids actually sentient or not? Do they have feelings? Ah. Do they feel? And that's a conversation for another Quest Me episode, I feel like, because that would be a fun fun conversation. That yeah. would be a deep we dive. Do, we could do an entire deep, deep dive. dive on droids yeah, absolutely. in canon. And... Absolutely. Um, but excellent pick, Phil. Um, let's Thank go on you. to Justin's one-chimer, which is... The offer stands nonetheless. What do you think? You had me at battle droids. Such a, you had me at hello. Yeah, that's what I got. It had, you had me at hello. It gave me a Jerry Maguire feel. Like, I know it didn't try to go for that, but it was really uh, shooting for, like, the backstory of how Din has this uh, phobia of droids, let alone battle droids from the Separatist movement. And it was just funny to see him just get so quick, quickly gung-ho. With no questions that's, asked. That's like right on my notes. This is just that you had me at Battle Droids. Do you just have a post it note for your notes? Uh, so <laughs> because I was I was recording, I was not recording, I was watching the episode the first time on my lunch break at work. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So, right, yes. Right. I, like, I, I just imagine you sitting in your living room with little post it notes. <laughs> I've done it before. No, I, I, I'm, I'm very analog, uh, when mm-hmm. it comes to the note taking process. Sure. Uh, part of this is just being a writer. Part of this is being left-handed. Part ah. of it is being, you know, ADHD. It, it's, it's all over the place. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, I, I, I do actually do most of my notes, you know, with pencil and paper. That's awesome. I take like little footnotes on my phone and then transfer them over to the big notes, and it's it's a it's a process. But yeah. Anyway, I do love that pick as well, Justin. That was so one of my good. favorite lines in the entire episode. <laughs> so, excellent pick, guys. Thank you so much for participating in the segments of this week. Um, let's move on to the final, final, final segment. Of course, the Tuscan Raider is the part of the show where we rate the episode out of 10 Lizzo's. Um, Ricky, let's go with you first. What are you going to rate this episode out of 10 Lizzo's? 4.5 Lizzo's out of 10. How dare you make me watch this? <laughs> wow. Okay. All well, right. thanks, Fair. Ricky. It's been fun. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Dang. Dang. Um, I'm, you know... That's probably the lowest rating we've ever had on Quest Me, period. Um, but that's a week of, I think this is a week of low ratings. So, Phil, what's your rating for this week? Uh, I got to call it an eight. Um, I honestly, I had no issue with the cameos whatsoever. Uh, I honestly thought that Jack Black and Lizzo were an absolutely phenomenal couple. And if they got together IRL and not just in Star Wars, <laughs> I would not be at all surprised. They are both hilarious, skilled music, skilled musicians, and just fun people. I absolutely bought their chemistry. Um, I had fun with the whole episode. All right, Justin, what's your rating for this week? I'm going along the lines what I have a feeling you'll be. 
Uh, I'm at a, like a six and a six point seven five. God, you guys and your fucking decimals <laughs> make you do math. Um, the only saving grace to this episode, I think, for me, were the cameos. I, I was talking mess about them of how it was too many, uh, two big name or three big names, and all really fast hit you like the the one two three combo. But uh, mm-hmm. like overall, like, I well. I, did not expect them to have a detective noir noir uh, episode. Like, yeah. To me, Mandalorian is a space western. That is what I I hope it to stay and remain. But uh, this one with this one episode swayed me a little bit. So I, yeah, and it, it it was sloppy written. I thought it it was <laughs> very cartoonish. Uh, it's it, Scooby Doo. It hopped around. It was too, I guess, hokey. Yeah, but I could see it. Um, I did enjoy and, it. And, you know, that's that's funny. That's your lowest rating ever of any Star Wars property that we've ever done. Minus and Bad Batch. My, oh, I guess. Oh. Nah, I don't I don't think I ever rated Bad Batch lower than a 6.5. See, I'm, um, I'm trying to be better. Uh, the, I will say the season finale of Bad Batch, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about it, the season finale absolutely killed that show for me, and I, I will never watch it again. Um, my rating for <laughs> this week's episode is going to be a 6. Um, it's my lowest rating for any Mandalorian episode as well. Um, it Again, there were some cool parts. I think three points goes to the uh, investigation. Three points goes to the end scene. Um, but the rest of it, I, I, you know, it just, it was hard. It was, I got taken out of it a lot. Um, and I will echo a lot of what Justin said as far as like poor writing, it bounced around a lot. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with the directorial view of this. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard is a very new director. I'm not saying she's bad by any means because the last episode she did, I believe in Book of Boba Fett was really good. Um, but I think that it kind of showed in this um, that she's still learning like different things when it comes to directing, just directing in general. Um, and I, you know, I appreciate that she does this, that, that she's there and that she loves Star Wars so much and that like her dad, Ron Howard, um, they are involved in Star Wars. I just think that this might not have been the best episode for her to direct. Uh, I, I, and and I I think that comes down to just all of it. You know, they would just all of it. The writing it, it makes it hard for a director to to use a poor script. Um, but what can you do? Uh, I a filler episode all the way. Um, they just needed to get the the one point across in this that Bo-Katan was the new leader of Mandalore, and that was it. Nothing else. So the next two episodes, I guarantee, are going to be absolutely epic. I'm sorry, Ricky, that you got this episode, um, but I'm glad I'm you not. were here no because <laughs> it was a ton of fun. The total for this week is actually a 63%. Um, I believe that is also a record for Quest Me. Um, wow, getting getting. Uh, we're getting being more realistic, boys. Why? I like it. Getting crazy, yeah. Um, Again, Ricky, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I it know was that a lot it was of a fun. rough one. But yeah, um, I'm really excited for the Freaks and Geeks episode to come out. Make sure that if you guys are watching or listening, you go to Sun But Inevitable and listen to those episodes. We will be live again next Sunday for two more episodes left of this season, right? 
But around yes. uh, eight thirty Mountain Standard Time here at youtube.com slash at questmate. I'm super stoked because our I got to hang out with next week's guest a little bit last night in person. Uh, my buddy Hugh Johnson will be joining us next week. Uh, Hugh showed up with us, uh, well, with uh, Josh and Justin uh, for an episode of Andor. And it is super great to have him showing up back on the show next week. I am absolutely stoked to get to chat with Hugh. And y'all are going to have an absolute blast with next week's episode regardless. Yeah, absolutely. And from what I've heard from Celebration, uh, next week's episode is going to be epic. They did screen this episode for a bunch of people at Celebration. So we got some... Little bit of uh, tidbits there, but um, I want to thank the people in the chat this week. Um, we had Claire, we had Jake, we had Jesse, we had Roy, and we had Tim from the SS. Sinisera was too much of a coward to show up. Here, Ricky. Shots fired. Where are you, Steve? He could not follow up his own guest appearance on here. After oh you man, we're gonna have to. Come on, man. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to tweet at him, I guess. Um, anyway, you can find us on all your social media things, Twitter, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at quest me podcast. Um, I want to thank you all again for joining us this week. Uh, if you're listening in the podcast world, I really appreciate the follows and the downloads and all that stuff. I can't tell you how much we appreciate you as listeners and, um, people that, that continue to support us. We are going to sign off for quest me i have been your host and this has been ricky and i'm justin and i have spoken <laughs> i'm philip k you can find me at Flipwriter. and of course my name is josh we will see you all next week may the force be with you Well, Ricky just hates Star Wars now. So. I, mean, <laughs> I hate things that suck. <laughs>